Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to New Hope Church. Good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, my name is Sam and I am the New Hope Kids Pastor. It is so great to be coming to you this morning online. I am so glad that you decided to join us from wherever in the world that you are. As a matter of fact, I would love for you to put in the comments where you're watching from, whether that's here in the United States, right here in Houston, or somewhere else across across the globe. Thank you so much for taking the time and deciding to join us this morning. As a matter of fact, if this is your very first time watching us, we would love to know that too. As a matter of fact, here's a tool for you. We would love for you to text FIRST to 642123. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna give you a link to get to know us a lot better. It's also a way for us to help connect you deeper to New Hope Church and to help you plug in to something you're interested in. Maybe it's online giving, maybe it's to join a life group, maybe it's to join another ministry and what they're doing this summer. Whatever it is, we want you to be a part of it. So text FIRST to 642123. Another thing we'd love for you to get involved in, since today we begin a new series, we want you to follow right along. The best way to do that is to text LG to 642123, and that will take you to our online listening guide. It's gonna be a great way for you to follow Pastor Tim as he shares the message and to make some notes as we go along. And you'll be able to keep it by sending it to your email. It's a great way to follow along digitally. Another thing I wanna say is thank you so much to all of our givers. We absolutely love the fact that you have stayed so unbelievably faithful during this crazy time. You know that God is not stopped by anything uh, that this world can throw at him. He continues to do his work. And I am so grateful that you want to be a part of that. So thank you so much to all of our givers, uh, from our first time givers to our long-term givers. We appreciate all that you continue to do to support what God is doing through New Hope Church. Well, guess what? It is a super special weekend. It is Father's Day. And as a dad myself, I am proud to say happy Father's Day. As a matter of fact, I'm proud to be the dad of these two guys. This is Mason and Sarah. That's our trip in Cincinnati this past Christmas. It was such a fun time, but I tell you what, I am so proud to be their dad. And I just wanna say to them that thank you for letting me be your dad. I love investing in you, I love learning from you, and I love just being a part of your lives. So if you wanna celebrate a dad today, we would love for you to post in the comments, post a hashtag, uh, give an encouraging message, whatever it is, we want you to celebrate a dad today. Thank you guys for doing that. All right, last thing I've got for you this morning is I wanna share with you a little New Hope Kids information. We're doing three special things this summer that you can be a part of. Normally we go away for summer camp, but circumstances prevented that. So this year, we're going right into your home with virtual camp online. It's gonna be a great experience and we are excited. So you need to join us and sign up by July 1st. Just go to our website and you can find out more. Another thing we're doing is called the Summer Bucket List. We have prepared over 1,800 buckets with really cool uh, 
really cool items and a lot of opportunities for you as a family to participate in this summer. You can make some great memories with this summer bucket list, so be sure to pick one up on June 28th at your campus. Something else inside that bucket is going to be called Summer Serve. Now, this is really cool because it's going to give each family six opportunities to serve missionally in our community. There are six organizations that we've partnered with, and you'll be able to uh, drop off items at each campus for six weeks uh, that will help each ministry, from packing lunches for kids, to shoes, to books, and even pets. So we have certainly given families something to do this summer and also make a difference in their community. Like I said before, we are starting a new series today, so I am excited for you to join us. Get your listening guides ready, and again, welcome to New Hope Church. All right, I want to welcome you to New Hope Church, and I get to welcome five campuses today. Our uh, Webster campus, 288 campus, Friendswood campus, and Alvin campus, but also today and ongoing now is our online campus. And what's so cool about the online campus is we've met so many new friends online, people that uh, have never attended an in-person service at our church, but now are a part of our church family via this online outreach. And it's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting. So if you're joining us online today, God bless you. God bless you. And let us know where you're watching from because that helps us to know who we're reaching, all right, and where we're reaching to. So also know that it's going to be a while for some of our folks who usually attend our physical campuses before they're going to feel comfortable coming back to church because of the virus. Let me tell you something. I get it, man. I get it. I don't blame you. But uh, I will say this. When you're ready, we're ready. Until you're ready, continue to join us online. We're, we're happy that you're still connected, that you're still growing along with us. Now, I want to join with those who have already said it today. I'm going to say it again. Happy Father's Day to all of our New Hope dads. You guys are the best. Uh, if you've heard me speak about dads and men before, then you know what I believe. I believe that um, a lot of the issues in our world today are because, because of the lack of a strong male role model in the home. And that sounds like an opinion, but it's absolutely not. If you look at the stats, the stats actually back it up as a fact. When a kid has a good male role model in their life, especially a dad in their life, they get into a lot less trouble. <laughs> and boy, do we need a lot less trouble nowadays. Somebody say amen to that. So Praise God for our New Hope dads. Not easy being a dad. Not easy being a mom either. So praise God for our New Hope moms. Praise God for our families at our church. Keep on, keep on keeping on. And especially for the men today. If, you, if you're not a dad or if, uh, if your kids are grown up and are out of the house, I'm going to suggest to you today that your role as a strong male influence in our society is not done yet. And I would love for you to be able to continue to do that by, by being an influence, a positive influence to those kids that God puts into your sphere of influence or uh, to seek out mentoring relationships where you can help those young people to know what a man of God looks like because it's important in our world, especially today. So, and ultimately I'm thankful for our heavenly father. It's the, the, the father that we all have, our heavenly father, thankful to be in his house today, thankful that he is a father to the fatherless. All right. 
So today we begin a new series of lessons that I'm simply calling this, but God, but God. And if you've ever had a time in your life when there was no way out, when it should not have worked out, when all the odds were stacked against you, but somehow, man, boom, God showed up and he intervened and you made it through then you have had a but God moment in your life. Now there are tons of Bible verses with this phrase, but God. And whenever you see them in scripture, you know what's gonna happen. You know everything's headed this way, but God. <laughs> and God changes the course through intervention. He changes the course of human history and people's lives. And what we're gonna do in this series is we're gonna look at four of those occasions. And I'm hoping and praying that these are gonna be life changers for you. We're gonna to begin today with the most important God intervention personally for any of us. This God moment is found all through scripture, by the way, this but God moment. Uh, but the one we're going to look at today is going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, you can follow along in your Bible app, on your, uh, in your real Bible, if you're old school, I like old school, man, in your Bible or uh, your online listening guide, if you got a copy of that, the digital listening guide. And uh, we're just going to run through this text. What I'm going to do first here is I'm going to read all these verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and just so you can see them all in context. And we're going to fly back around, and we're going to land in a few spots and break it down. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, beginning verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them. We were all there, man. We were all doing the thing with everybody else. And all, the, all of us were there at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but God, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not by works so that nobody can boast about it. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Heavenly Father, help us to get it today. We need to get it, Lord, so that, so that, we, can, so that we can live the lives that you want us to live, so that we can change the world, Lord. Help us to change the world by being changed today in church. All right, so recently we've been pretty uh, macro, in our thoughts, and by macro, I mean we've had this wide angle, big picture view of the world because we're concerned about the world. We're concerned about our nation. We're concerned about the uh, downward trajectory of society with good reason on all counts. But since we're the ones in church today, let's do this. Let's allow God to do a work right here in us. And as much as we can, what I wanna have happen today is I want this text to become personal for us today. Uh, just think of it this way. This is not a sermon for somebody else. Don't sit there and think, man, this sermon is for so-and-so. So-and-so needs to hear this. No, they don't. You need to hear it because you're the one listening. 
And that's what I pray that we would hear today, that we'd receive it, that we would make it very personal today, all right? If you're a Christ follower today, what Paul is describing in the verses that we just read uh, that happened to those people in Ephesus, if you're a Christ follower today, those things have also happened to you. They've happened to you. And my prayer today is that we'll receive these, that we'll own these things, that uh, we'll have greater understanding, which will lead to uh, greater appreciation for who Jesus is and what he did for us, which will lead to a greater application of what he wants us to do in our lives. Now, Paul is writing to these believers in Ephesus. He tells them about three but God truths, probably 400 more here, but we're going to look at three but God truths in the text that I want us to own today. The first one is this. Before God intervened, we were dead. <laughs> we were just dead, man. In order for us to fully understand and, and better appreciate our position in Jesus Christ now, we need to be aware of our previous position without him. Now, I think nowadays everybody's kind of familiar with the before and after pictures, before and after, before and after. You see these on the internet all of the time. I've brought a few along here with me today just to remind you of what these are about. This is uh, before and after you have been to the auto shop. And a lot of us have been here, done this. If you've been here, done this, just raise a hand today, you know. Uh, you have a little fender bender, your car's messed up. Then two or three weeks and a deductible payment later, it somehow looks better than it did before. Because they not only fix the damage, they detail your car. So when you show up to look at it, you're like, wow, it looks brand new. You know, is this my car? It's incredible. Uh, that's the magic of the repair shop. But it's not really magic, it's just mad skills, okay? And here's another one that you see all the time now because of uh, Chip and Joanne, and this is the house renovation, the house renovation. And my, uh, my wife loves HGTV, and so I get to see HGTV on a regular basis because I love my wife, so we end up watching it. And I've noticed now that every other show, basically, maybe two out of three shows, is about renovating houses. And uh, it is kind of interesting, I will admit that. And honestly, some of the stuff that they do, the before and after stuff they do is absolutely incredible. I do, I will admit this too, I get a little nervous when my wife's watching HGTV because I'm thinking, man, she's gonna wanna knock down walls when this show is over. I better, I better see if I can change the channel here pretty quick or start praying hard. <laughs> Pardon me. But, choking myself up talking about it. But uh, incredible uh, before and after pictures nonetheless. And speaking of incredible, here's another before and after incredible picture here. And this is, uh, he didn't go on a diet, by the way. He just did six sit-ups three times a week and he just turned out like that three weeks later. That's not true. This is after a lot of heavy dieting and I got it off a, a keto blog and it is pretty amazing. And uh, one of the, rewards that I've noticed if you lose a bunch of weight is this, you get to wear spandex for your after picture, which um, we've kind of covered up his, his, his spandex right there with the, with the text box, but he's got spandex on, man. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think I could do that. I think uh, I'm going to stay with the, uh, with the nondescript cotton 
kind of loose cotton fit, okay? But pretty impressive nonetheless. Or here's one that probably many, many of us can identify with. This is before coffee and after coffee. Before coffee and after coffee. How many of you, how many of you feel that? All right. By the way, just uh, by the way here, it took me 10 minutes on the internet to find a smiling cat. I found a grumpy cat, real easy, millions of pictures of the grumpy cat, but it took me 10 minutes that I will never get back looking through cat pictures to find that picture of a smiling cat. That's how much I love you guys, all right? But anyway, here's where we get thrown off spiritually speaking. <clears throat> I'm gonna show you this next picture. And, uh, and it's a hypothetical picture because I know nothing about the guy in the picture, but I'm gonna use it to make a point. And once again, it's hypothetical. This is, a, this is a, a picture, hypothetically, a picture of a person before they meet Jesus Christ and after they meet Jesus Christ. Okay, before and after meeting Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Here we go. Boom. <clears throat> now I say we get thrown off because here's the deal. Physically, there's really no difference. Although I do think Christians are more peaceful and hopefully more joyful and hopefully they consider their body the temple of the Holy Spirit so they watch you know, what they do to their body and so forth. So some of those things could show up physically, but you know, there are people who take care of their bodies who are not Christians, who are kind and good and positive people. And so for us, since there's no dramatic you know, grumpy cat, happy cat, or, or uh, 6XL, t-shirts, uh, you know, to spandex kind of transformations. A lot of people think that coming to know Jesus Christ isn't that big of a deal. Like when they do, when they, when they have a but God moment, nothing really changes. They got the same body. They live in the same house. They got the same job, same spouse, no big deal. And sometimes Christians even undervalue the but God salvation moment in people's life. They think, well, you know, that person over there, they really need Jesus because they're a terrible person. They need Jesus a lot. And then my friend over here, they're a pretty good person. They're pretty good. I like hanging out with them. They don't know Jesus, but man, they're the nicest person. So they don't need Jesus as much. They just need a slight tweak. They don't need total renovation. They just need a slight tweak and they'll be good. Well, let me show you something in the text that hopefully will help you to see the real before picture of us that will help us to better appreciate the after picture that God is painting in our lives. It starts in verse one. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. So according to the text, before Jesus, we were dead. Like we weren't in danger of dying, in danger of being dead. We weren't just in need of a tune-up. We weren't just in need of a detail or a little tweak, or we weren't just a little bit lost. We weren't in need of just trying a little bit harder or making some cosmetic changes to our behavior. We, according to the Bible, we were dead, dead. Now the Greek word for dead is the word nekros, nekros, and it means destitute of life or lifeless. It means dead, okay? And, and the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, this is what we were pre-Jesus. Pre-Jesus, we were dead. Now, again, 
The confusion for many people comes because a person doesn't look dead before Jesus. They still talk, they still move around, they still go to work, maybe work hard, maybe they're nice, watch a little TV before they go to bed. And, and, and so we're looking at them, we're thinking, well, they're not that bad and, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. But if a person believes, as many people do, that Christianity is only about becoming a better person, then we have missed the most important reason as to why Jesus came to this earth to die on the cross in the first place. He did not die on the cross so that we could tweak our behavior. He did not die on the cross so that we could improve or so that we could renovate or so that we could get a promotion at work. He died on the cross because we were dead and he wanted to give us life. In fact, over in John chapter five, verse 24, Jesus says this, he says, whoever believes in me and the words that I speak has crossed over from death unto life. It's a big deal. This God salvation moment is a big deal. Let's go a little deeper here and see what this spiritually dead is all about. He says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And it's not a mistake that the apostle Paul uses both of these words here because they have slightly different meanings. If you drill down and you do your homework, you're going to see that the word sins refers to those things that are intentional in our lives, intentional disobedience. So we get up in the morning, we're like, I'm going to go do the thing. I'm going to sin. I'm going to tell them what for. I'm going to go here. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to experience this. I am going to cross moral lines and I know that I'm going to do it, but I'm going to walk right into it. I'm going to sin. Whereas transgressions, transgressions, that word is more about, I didn't intend to, but I kind of slipped up. I crossed the line. Didn't mean to hurt anybody, but it's just me being me. Just me speaking my mind, just me doing my thing. And I ended, up, I ended up sinning. I ended up having a transgression. So Paul, using both words, covers both willful sins as well as unintentional moral mistakes. Now, back when we were in the Roman series, we had one week where we, I can't remember what the name of the sermon was, uh, where we talked about being a spiritual zombie. Spiritual zombies, they're dead, but they keep doing what dead zombies do, you know, they, and, and sometimes we get in that autopilot kind of scenario where we, we, you know, this is what I do. This is what I do when I'm, when I'm mad and I just do it. This is me. This is what I do when I'm lustful. This is what I do when I'm hungry. This is what I do when I feel threatened. This is what I do when somebody curses me. This is what I do when I uh, feel distant from my spouse. We just go into this pattern or this autopilot, which works on an airplane, but it's not so good for the flesh because the flesh on autopilot goes exactly the wrong direction that God wants us to go. What direction does it go? Verses one and two now together. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live. That's how you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. He's talking here about Satan, the devil and his crew. What the devil's doing is he, he's leading the world toward a cliff, toward disaster. And before Jesus Christ came into our lives, we were dead to God, but we were very much alive to our flesh and to our desires. And Satan was so happy to provide us 
with, with uh, a temporary fix. I, I think of it this way, like he put out breadcrumbs for us of, of temporary fake satisfaction lined up and leading us toward a terrible conclusion, toward the cliff with everybody else, which is the wrath that everybody else is headed toward. Verse three, all of us also lived among them. We were just with them doing our thing at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Wrath is the kind of the cliff that I'm making reference to here, meaning before we found Jesus, we were headed toward the wrath of God. Now, God is patient. We've talked about this in church before. Some people think God is not watching. He doesn't care. He's not bringing about justice. God is in tune with everything that's going on. And he will bring about justice ultimately, but he's taking his time because the Bible says he's giving us time to repent. God is loving in that way. He gives us plenty of opportunities, but there is a time when time will be done and wrath will come. And all of us were at one time in our lives. All of us were in the same place spiritually. We were dead and we were headed toward disaster. We were lost. We were clueless. We were helpless. We were hopeless. And there wasn't a thing we could do about it. And listen to me now. I'm going to say two words and these two words change everything. Okay. Let me, let me amp up to them again, ramp up to them again. We were lost. We were clueless. We were helpless. We were hopeless. We, we could not save ourselves. There was nothing we could do about it. But God, but God, we were dead, but God, and this is number two, but God made us alive. He made us alive. So we were dead spiritually on autopilot, picking up the devil's breadcrumbs, headed toward disaster, maybe trying to do our best, live our best life, failing miserably, unable to change significantly, definitely not able to save ourselves. But God intervened and he made us alive. Look at verse four. Now remember before I read this, been bad, bad, verses one through three, bad, 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 verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. And I'm using verse four out of the King James because I like it, okay? Wherewith he loved us, verse five, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Kindness is, is code word for what Jesus did for us. He took our place, receiving the wrath for our sins on the cross of Calvary. He took our place, verse eight, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that you can't boast about it. Thank you, God, for your grace. Amen to that? So here we go. And, you, and, and I'm going to point at you and I want you to repeat these words with me. Your line is this, but God. I'll say it with you, but I'm going to say a line that I'm going to point at you and your words are, but God. You got that? We were headed toward the deepest pit of hell, but God. We were dead men and women walking, but God. We were hopeless, unable to change the course of our eternity, but God, we were helpless, unable to save ourselves. There was nothing that we could do, 
but God. And what he did was he sent Jesus, his son, to our rescue. And now our past is forgotten. Our future is secure. But he doesn't even stop there. Look at number three. And now we have purpose and power. So we were dead, but God made us alive. And now we have purpose and power. Uh, he not only made us alive, but he gave us, before he even did that, he gave us a purpose for living out. And he gives us the power in order to live out that purpose. Listen to me, long before, long before you were even thinking about God, long before you had that but God salvation moment in your life, God had a purpose for you. And if God asks you to do something, when you step into that purpose for your life, what's gonna happen is God's gonna provide the power you need to live out that purpose. Because purpose, God's purpose and God's power go together. It's like this, it's like, like if you join the military and uh, you show up and they said, okay, what we want you to do, we're about to leave and but, but we want you to drive a tank and we want you to drive that tank into battle. And you say, yes, sir, I'll do it, sir. And then, then they say this to you, and this is not gonna happen. I'm just wanting you to imagine with me. And they say to you, okay, but we don't have any tanks. Do you have a tank? <laughs> Can you get a hold of a tank? Do you have any friends that have a tank? Could we release you for a day or two and you go home and purchase a tank? Would that be okay, young man? I mean, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. If you show up, they're going to give you the tools you need to go into battle. Guess what? God does the same thing. And, and so when you step into the purpose that he has for you and go the way that he wants you to go, he's going to provide the power in the form of his Holy Spirit in your life in order to do what it is that he's calling you to do. Look at verse 10 now. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, as I said, prepared in advance for us to do. If you uh, saw the movie Iron Man, then you might remember uh, the scene where he crashed near Rose Hill, Tennessee, I believe is the name of the town. Correct me if I'm wrong. Rose Hill, Tennessee. He gets out of his... Iron Man suit, and he even questions the, the, the wisdom of getting out of the suit. He says, maybe I should stay in this suit. And, um, and it's snowing and it's cold and he gets cold and he's trying to walk and the snow's kind of deep and he's struggling to walk. But uh, he's also doing this, which is the, the irony of this scene just kind of hit me. And if you've seen it, then maybe you've felt it too, but he's dragging the suit. So he's struggling to get through the snow and he's dragging this very powerful suit. And maybe this will end up being a movie for a movie series someday, which by the way, isn't going to be at the end of the summer, maybe January. We don't know for sure yet. But anyway, it kind of is a picture of a lot of Christians. It's, a, it's the after picture of a lot of Christians. They've been saved. They've had a but God moment. They have access to the power of almighty God. And yet, they're not walking in the power of God. They're kind of dragging that thought of the power of God behind them. And oftentimes, the reason that people are not walking in the power of God is because they're not living in the purpose of God. And, and, and if you want to live in the power of God, you got to live in the purpose of God. And therefore, for a lot of people, 
spiritually speaking, not physically, but spiritually speaking, their before and after picture is depressingly the same. There's really no more difference. They've had a but God moment, but they're not walking now in the power of God. Listen, I, I wanna call you to a new place today. I want you to get a new after picture where you become God's masterpiece, God's handiwork, walking in his purpose and empowered by his Holy Spirit. So what's his purpose for you? If you know his purpose, then you can walk in his power. What's the purpose? It's right here in this verse. You're God's handiwork creating Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good works which God prepared in advance for you and me to do. But hear me now, I believe for us to get to this point, uh, we have to understand how amazing his grace is and how awesome this gift of a but God salvation moment is in our lives. If we get there, do we understand how amazing that but God moment was for us, then we'll be ready here to give and to serve and to live and to bear fruit and to follow after his leading. And when we, do, when we do, when we follow after his leading and walk in his purpose, then we'll be empowered by his spirit. I think, I think the problem is, I'm gonna to preach to myself for a second, I'll let you guys listen in. But I think the problem is for many of us, the time passes and we forget how amazing salvation is. There's been some distance between us and the day of our salvation. And, and so we look back on it, it's like once upon a time, man, once upon a time, I was deeply in love with Jesus. Once upon a time, you know, we were on fire for him. Once upon a time, we couldn't get enough of him. We just wanted to be at church, wanted to spend time with him, wanted to be in his word. Once upon a time, we just couldn't get enough of sitting quietly before him, praying or listening to worship music or taking walks and inviting him along on those walks. And once upon a time, we felt God's presence on us like, like heavy once upon a time. And in the middle of those moments, there was that deep, deep realization and gratitude that, wow, the God of the universe not only loves me, but he sent his son to die for me. And he not only did that and he not only saved me, but he wants to have this ongoing personal relationship with me. Maybe you felt that once upon a time. But it's been a while. It's been a while and you're just kind of going through the motions now, dragging the, the power behind you now, instead of walking in the power. I want to read you something out of another place in the Bible. We're going to flip over to Rome, uh, Revelation in just a moment. Revelation, last book of the Bible. If you have your Bible, open there. And um, in Revelation, in chapter 2, Jesus speaks, and he speaks words to the seven churches. And I've thought several times about doing a series, seven week series on these seven churches and just seeing what Jesus has to say to the seven end time churches and what he might be saying to us. And I believe I'll do that series. I don't know when, but I'll try to put it on the calendar soon. I'll put it on the calendar soon, maybe do it later this year. How's that? But uh, the one church that he talks to that I wanna focus on right now is the church of Ephesus. The church of Ephesus is one of the seven churches that he speaks to. Ephesus as in Ephesians, 
the letter that we're reading from today, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10. But over in Revelation chapter two, beginning verse two, Jesus speaks to the church at Ephesus. And here's what he says to the church at Ephesus. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but they're not apostles. And you found them to be false. You have persevered and you've endured hardships for my name and you've not grown weary. And then verse four, tone kind of changes here. Verse four, Jesus says to this church, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You've forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Then he says, repent and do the things you did at first. He says, get back to your first love by doing the things that you did at first. Now, you think about it, there was a time, maybe for us, like I said, when we were overwhelmed by the unconditional, amazing, unrelenting love of Almighty God. I'm just calling us back there today. Get back there. He says, do the things you did at first. Remember your first love. Let's go, let's go back there today so that we can appreciate his amazing grace. We can see how powerful that but God salvation moment was in our lives where we were dead and hopeless and helpless, but God came through for us. Isn't that amazing? And when we understand that, it's gonna help us then to be able to appreciate what he did for us more and then to be able to live in his purpose and realize his awesome power that he has for us in living this life. And I wanna pray right now that we'll get back there, that we'll have that encounter with that first love once again today, today. I'm gonna pray for you that you can get back there to that to feeling that but God moment again in your own life. Like, I don't know why I'm alive, but God. I don't know how I made it, but God. I don't know why I still have people who love me in my life, but God. I want you to get back there today, to hold on to that, to appreciate that. And by the way, if you've never had that moment in your life, that but God moment, I'm gonna give you that opportunity here in this prayer. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have made us alive in you today. Thank you, God, for doing what it is that you have done. We need you, Lord, in our everyday lives. We need your presence. We need your power. Some of us have gone way too long. We've walked way too far away from where you want us. We've, for, we've forgotten our first love, Lord. We've forgotten it. And, and I'm praying, God, that today we could get back there and we can remember it. I pray that maybe today, if we need to, that we can recommit to you. And, and as you're listening and praying along with me with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just gonna ask this, if you wanna recommit today to the Lord or if you wanna commit to him for the first time, just to pray this prayer with me, all right? Pray this prayer with me. God will hear your heart, but I'm gonna give you some words to say. Just pray this, Lord, Make me alive in you today. Help me to cross over from death 
to life. I put my faith in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. Forgive me, Lord, take away my sins, make me new, give me a new start. Give me a but God moment today. Help me to live in your purpose and in your power. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer along with me today, then since we are socially distanced from our prayer partners, I want you to do this instead. I want you to text the word prayer to 642-123, 642-123. You'll receive two links back. One of those links is just for prayer. If you need prayer for anything today, hit that link. And so, I guarantee you somebody will pray for you today. Or if you've made a decision to commit or to recommit today, let us know, man, because we want to celebrate with you because I know that all of heaven is celebrating and we want to get in on that party today. All right, so that's it for today. Um, I will see you Tuesday morning, hopefully at our 8 a.m. TNT devotionals, Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. You can get there on our church website, same way you got here today. Once again, happy Father's Day. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time. God bless. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.